opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday night refreshing. We just want to give God glory. This is our last service of 2021. Amen. Hallelujah. There's something about the first and the last. And Father, we just exalt you today. We bless the wonderful name of Jesus. We lift you on high. And Lord, we we are expecting here tonight great and mighty things. And Lord, we just thank you that your hand rests upon us. Your spirit has been poured out on us. And you breathe on us. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. together. We're going to rejoice tonight. I'm going to dance and praise Him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. The greater one lives inside of me. His name is Jesus. I'm born a winner, more than victorious. I'm an heir of His kingdom, filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're gonna sing that again. I'm gonna dance and praise Him. It doesn't matter what. 
Your word is power, and I am confident. 
listen to me. We're going to worship God in this place just for a little bit before pastor comes. But these are identity shifters that we're talking about tonight. And I just want you to see yourself in this way. How God created us to be with him. Everyone is at a different level. So don't judge yourself based on how how you think you are. Let God be the judge of that. Amen. Lord, we worship you in this place tonight. We come before your throne of mercy and grace because we have what we have because of you, Lord. We give no credit to the enemy. We give no credit to our own abilities, our own gifts, our own talents because they all come from you, Lord. So we come before the throne of mercy and grace tonight and we worship you. All these words that we say, Lord, let it be praise and honor to who you are in us. Lord, we worship you in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. For every ability that you've given us that we were able to utilize this year. Lord, we pray that it brought glory and honor to you. That it opened up the kingdom of God for the world to see what a great father you are. What a great God you are. What a loving Savior you are. That you truly are King of kings and Lord of lords. And that there is none like you, Lord. We exalt the name of Jesus in this house. Greater than any other name. Greater than what we could do in our own, Lord. It is because of you. It is because of your holiness. It's because of your righteousness. That we can say these things about ourselves. Because you are the ultimate king. You are the great I am. There is none like you, Lord. We worship in the throne of heaven. We worship you in this house tonight, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory that's due your name, Lord. And we celebrate who you are to us. And in us and through us in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, if you can, let's just pray in the Spirit of God. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy and wonderful name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, we elevate you in this place. And we thank you, Lord, for your precious, holy anointing which flows like a river, burns like a fire, moves like a cloud, tastes like wine. Oh, hallelujah. 
Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, right now, I'm increasing my capacity to receive from you, to yield to you, and to move with you, and to flow with you. Lord Jesus, have your way. I release control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you that you speak to us tonight. For I have given you my spirit of truth, and he will lead God and direct you into all truth. And when you know the truth, you will be free. You will be full. You will be enriched. You will be increased. You will have victory. You will be over the top. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, amen, amen. If you're excited about Jesus, shout hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. Tonight, we are veteran flowers. It is not awkward for us to move with the Spirit. Amen? Because whatever he inspires you to do or leads you to do, he'll never embarrass you. And that just may be the very key to your victory. Amen? So since it's the last service of this year, I'm going to put a little smile on your face. What did the pastor say to a man with a Twitter addiction? He said, I'm sorry, I don't follow you. Now, Noah on the, on the boat, he got milk from the cows. But what, he, what did he get from the ducks? Quackers. How do a group of angels... Greet each other. Halo, halo, halo. And this is some kid theology. All right, kid theology. The first book of the Bible is Genesis, in which Adam and Eve were created from an apple tree. Kid theology. Noah's wife was called Joan of Arc. 
<laughs> Samson slayed the Philistines with the acts of the apostles. <laughs> Unleavened bread is bread made without ingredients. <laughs> Kid theology. Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. <laughs> the seventh commandment is, Thou shalt not admit adultery. <laughs> Solomon had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. <laughs> And the people who followed Jesus were called the 13 decibels. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to have fun in church. If you can't have fun in church, then you're in the wrong place. God is a fun God. Right? And then you're giving tonight. You can give anytime during the service if you're watching online. And we, you know, we so appreciate if you're watching live or if you take time to watch it another time. We're just grateful for the people who, who watch us and how we can connect and reach out. You can give online. Go to our website and you can give that way. And, uh, Father, we just give you thanks and praise for the givers and their gifts. And Lord, we thank you that they invest in good ground. And they shall reap a harvest, a bountiful, abundant, plenteous harvest in return. And I just bless every gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We appreciate our kids' life, uh, teachers and those kids who come. And right now, kids, we're going to dismiss you to have a good night class. Have a great class. Experience the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. May your anointing flow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, you ready for the word tonight? You ready to get into the flow tonight? Hallelujah. I believe that this is a right now word from God. As we get ready to go into the new year, God wants you to be firm. He wants you to be established. He wants you to be rooted on the rock. And he doesn't want your faith to be shaken. So tonight I want to talk to you. Don't let your faith be shaken. You can be stirred, but not shaken. Amen? Because we're supposed to stir up the gifts that are within us. But, you know, there's going to be chaos in the world. And confusion in the world. But with God, we're not going to be shaken. Amen? Amen? We're not going to be moved by uh, those things. We're going to stay rooted and grounded in God. Amen? You know, if you're rooted and grounded in God, you won't blow a fuse. (laughs) you got to be grounded in God. Right? If you're grounded in the world, your circuit board will be overpowered. But if you're grounded in God, he is a, he is a shield to an overload. Amen? So God, he wants you to be firmly planted, rooted, fixed, set, positioned. 
Amen? He wants you to be lasting and sustained. And he will uphold you himself. And here's the key to not being shaken. Joy, gladness, and rejoicing in the Lord are keys to not be shaken. You know, you're going to have lots of opportunities in this world to be disappointed or to be down. But God will turn your frown upside down and make it into a smile. And joy, gladness, and rejoicing are keys to having your faith firmly fixed in Jesus. And you know, these are Bible words. We have to be comfortable rejoicing. Amen? We ought to be comfortable being glad. Because the source of our joy is God himself. And it doesn't matter what you're experiencing, facing, or what's happening in your life. Your joy does not come from those things. It comes from God. And God wants us planted. And in Deuteronomy 28, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord will establish you as a people holy and set apart to himself. Say, I'm holy and I'm set apart. And he says, just as he has sworn to you, but here's the thing, you got to keep his commandments and you got to walk in his ways. And when you do, people will look at you and they will call you uh, that you are gods and they will be afraid of you. Amen? You know, the, the, the enemy fears a secure Christian. We sang about it. Do you know who you are? More importantly, do you know whose you are? Amen? Who are you in Christ? You are everything that Christ is. You have everything that Christ has. Amen? We are joint heirs with him. Hallelujah. So here's some truths about a foundation. That the Holy Spirit gave me. The closer you are to God, the stronger you become. Amen? You know, your foundation is important. And the closer you are to God, the stronger you become. I just keep getting stronger and stronger. You don't need spinach. Amen? You don't have to be a Popeye Christian and just break out the spinach when, there's, when, when Bluto comes. Right? You, you, your strength is in Jesus. It's in your relationship with God. The more diligent you seek the Lord, the more stable you become. Isn't that interesting? You know, because when you seek the Lord, you're going to find him and you're going to find joy, peace. You're going to find love. You're going to find acceptance. Amen. But those who diligently seek the Lord shall be rewarded. So the more diligent you seek the Lord, the more stable you become. If you're unstable, then you need, you're, you're spending, you're not spending enough time with God. Alright? The more you participate in God's plan, the more blessed you'll be. 
the more you participate. God invites you to participate. He doesn't make you participate. Being able to participate with God is, is an invitation. It's like an invitation to a party. And you've got to respond very promptly. RSVP, right? If you don't respond to the party, what's going to happen? You miss out on the party. But the, you've been given an invitation, right? And how you respond will determine what you receive. Okay? Hallelujah. Too many Christians live like the world and not like God. <gasps> the world has invaded the body of Christ. You know, we're supposed to be of the world. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. Right? We are supposed to live differently than people do in the world. We should talk different. We should walk different and we should act different because we think different. Because we can renew our minds. We can, ha- we have the mind of Christ. Why did God want us to have the mind of Christ? So we can think and act and be like Him. Besides, two heads are better than one. <laughs> Amen? Faith is the way of living in God's kingdom. If you're weak in faith, you won't succeed in God's kingdom. Jesus identified levels of faith. Weak faith, great faith, little faith, no faith. Right? Faith is like a muscle. You feed it and you exercise it. And when you do those things, it grows. It increases. Thessalonians says, uh, our, our faith that grows exceedingly. Do you have some exceedingly growing faith? Yes. Amen? It, has your faith muscles gotten bigger? Yes. Where you're able to believe God for more things and greater things. You must remain connected to receiving from understanding, fellowshipping, following, and doing God's word to remain strong in faith. Amen? You've got to be an active follower. You've got to, the Bible talks about we can grow in understanding. We can grow in knowledge. Amen? Hallelujah. And that produces strong faith, following Jesus. We have to feed on God's commands. We have to follow his direction, especially in today's times. Has, there, we are living in times that it is more crucial to listen to the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the world is full of lies and deception because it's run by the father of lies. And in order to discern through the lies, God gave us the spirit of truth. Okay? We need to let God fix our problems. When you've got a problem, go to God. And he'll give you the strategy on how to do it, how to fix it, how to make it right. Too many times we're so quick to try to fix it ourselves. Based on our experience or our past or our own skills, our own strength. If you rely on yourself, it's only going to get you so far, but it's not going to get you far enough. 
And we got to let God change us. Are you, are you willing for God to change you? Yes. Say, I'm willing and obedient. When God says change this or change that, how quickly are we, are we ready to change it? Amen? Anything that God wants us to change, it's for our benefit and for our improvement. If he tells you to get rid of something, it wasn't that great anyway. And he's got something better. I mean, think about it. If Joseph just would have went from the prison without grooming himself to go to Pharaoh, you think, you think Pharaoh would have listened to him interpret the dream? No, he had to make some preparations to appear before Pharaoh, right? Shave his beard, put on some change of clothes. I mean, you're not going to walk into Pharaoh in the prison garb. Amen? Pharaoh's like, who is this guy? <laughs> right? And then finally, one who was well-rooted and well, one who was well-rooted is well-fruited. Your fruit reveals the strength of your root. The deeper your root, the greater your fruit. Your root reveals fruit, and your fruit reveals the strength of the root. Go with me to Psalm 13. Psalm 13. This is a a very wonderful psalm. It's a short psalm, but it packs a wallop. It's got some power to it. You know, God doesn't have to say a lot to have power. Lazarus, come forth. Three words. Those are three words, but they, they caused the dead man who had been dead for four days to come alive and to come out of a grave. Three words. That's not a whole lot of words, but boy, that sure packs some power. Psalm 13, starting with verse 1. How long... Will you forget me, O oh Lord? Have you ever felt like God has forgotten you? He hasn't. But you know, sometimes the circumstances putting pressure on your flesh make you think he has. Right? That's a deception of the enemy. That's a lie of the enemy. You start f- focusing on uh, God forgetting you, and you're going to be depressed in a matter of minutes. God hasn't forgotten you. Okay? How long will you hide your face from me? Maybe you felt like God's hidden his face from you. You're praying and you're not getting an answer. You're believing and nothing's happening. All right? That's a temptation to quit. See, God, the enemy's trying to get your eyes off of God, and if he can get your focus off of God, he can lead you astray. It happens. It happened. It's, it's happened a lot in the past two years. Verse 2, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? Or how long will I wrestle with my thoughts? (laughs) You ever wrestle with your thoughts or or doubt yourself? Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have done something different. Maybe I should have responded differently. All right? Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? David's not starting off so good, is he? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. 
Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Okay, he's in a desperate situation. All right? But how many know God works in these environments to change things? Amen? Now notice what happens. Verse 4, lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved or shaken. Alright? God doesn't want your enemy to uh, rejoice over you, the fact that you're shaken. Amen? Because we're not shaken. Now he's going to tell us how not to be shaken. Amen? Alright, verse 5, but, oh my goodness, God is about to butt in to your depression. He's about to interrupt your circumstance. He's about to come in where you are and lift you up to greater heights. But I have trusted in your mercy. My goodness, see, David's starting off bad, but he's finishing strong. Amen? you got to trust in his mercy. you got to trust in his loving kindness. All right? Amplified says loving kindness and faithfulness. How many know that God is loving kindness? He is love in action. Right? To, to trust means to be bold, confident, and secure. It means to be sure. It means to be careless. Besides, if you're casting your cares to him, you're careless. You've had less cares than you were carrying around, right? Oh, I gave my cares to Jesus. I'm not careful, I'm carefree. Say that. Say, I'm not careful, I'm carefree. When the care comes on you, you just throw it to Jesus. You know, there, there's a restaurant in Missouri and a couple other locations. It's called the Lambert's Cafe. And they're called Home of the Throwed Rolls. And they make these huge dinner rolls. I mean, they're huge. They're like a softball. And they make these hot dinner rolls, and they go around with a cart. And if you want one, they will literally throw a, a roll across the restaurant. Yes, they will. I've been there. I've, seen, I've experienced the throwed rolls. And if you miss one, they'll throw you another one. So when you get a care, you cast it on to Jesus. If a care tries to creep up, you're like, you wind up and let it go. Amen? To trust means to hide for refuge. It means to be, to put confidence in. And what are you putting confidence in? You're putting in your confidence in God's loving kindness, in his mercy. Okay? His loving kindness or his mercy is his, his, we see God's kindness in grace, favor, and mercy. It's, we see it in redemption from our enemies and our troubles. This is what we're putting our trust in. Listen, you may start off by having a bad day, but you don't have to stay there. You can shift your trust from the bad day into God and things will change. See, but your circumstances are going to change until you change. Until you change your focus, until you change your words, and until you change your action. Amen? Do you realize in the Old Testament there were four lepers? 
And they were sitting outside the city. The city had been besieged by the Syrians. It was surrounded. They cut off all the supplies. People were doing bad things in the city just for food. And the lepers said, why do we sit here until we die? If we go in the city, there's death there. If we stay out here, the Syrians might kill us. So we might as well do something. It was when they changed their action that they changed their circumstance. And they begin, they stood up and began to walk, and God made them sound like an army. And the, the army who surrounded the city, they thought that another army was attacking them, and they left everything as it was, and they just got out of there. And the four lepers had all the food, all the gold, all the clothing, and they said, oh, we better share this with others. We shouldn't just keep it to ourselves. Just a simple action, change of action. Change the circumstance. You need to change your circumstance in your life. Now, tonight, you got to change your action. Your action might just be yielding to joy like you never have before. Allowing joy just to flow over you like water from a shower head. Amen? We see God's kindness... In his preservation of life from death. We see God's kindness in his quickening of spiritual life. And redemption from sin. We see God's kindness in how he keeps his covenant. God never breaks a promise. God never falls short on a word. Amen. This is what we're putting our trust in. If you want to change your bad circumstance, you got to put your trust in God. Put put your trust in his loving kindness and his mercy. That's what the psalmist said. But I have trusted in your mercy. And then he says, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Look at your neighbor and say, rejoice. Rejoice. See, rejoice means if you don't get it out right the first time, you can do it again. Amen? We got to rejoice in God. We got to rejoice in the fact of the price that God paid for us. Boy, I tell you what, if you ever felt unworthy, you just think about God and he thinks you're you're worthy. Just a simple shift of thinking of how how much God paid for you ought to change your unworthiness into worthiness. You got to rejoice in in salvation, the effects of it. How many are saved in here? Amen. We're all saved in here. We got to rejoice in the effects. We've been delivered from hell. No, 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 no. Tell the devil. No, 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 no. I've been delivered from hell, but you haven't. The devil's going to hell. And he can't do anything about it. But we're not. We are not going to hell. Glory to God. That ought to make you shout right there. Hallelujah we got to rejoice in salvation, the availability and the access of it. God has made salvation available to anybody who wants it. Whether you're rich or poor, black or white, uh, educated or not educated, salvation is available to you. And it doesn't matter what level you're on, it can, it can happen for you. God gave it to the world. It's his greatest gift to the world. When we rejoice in salvation, we rejoice in the freeness of it. 
didn't cost us anything. It's a free gift of God. And we need to rejoice in the benefits of it. How many are excited about the benefits? Forget, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not all his benefits. I'm telling you, God is loaded with benefits. He's got the greatest benefit plan of any employer on this planet. Our benefits can't compare to the world's benefits. Are you kidding me? We got to, this is what it means to rejoice in salvation. First of all, you got to put your trust in him. And once you put your trust in him, you're going to start to rejoice. Joy is going to rise up. Feeling gladness is going to overwhelm you. And you know what happens when joy, gladness and rejoicing come together? You will not be able to contain it. It will it will have to find a way out. Amen. And the way out is of your mouth and of your expression. We got to be comfortable with joy. It's the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. And then he says, so number one, he trusts in his mercy. Number two, my heart shall rejoice. Notice he puts his trust in his mercy. Then something happens to his heart. He begins to rejoice. And then thirdly, I will sing unto the Lord. You've got us. God put a song in your heart. Amen. He put a new song in your heart. You've got to sing. You've got to sing to the Lord. See, the Lord says, make a joyful noise. He didn't say sing in key, but praise God, if you can sing in key, go for it. But if you can't, you just make some noise. Come on, we, we got to make some noise in the house of God tonight. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the world says. We're going to have success. We're going to have victory. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what policies they make. We're going to follow God's plan, the kingdom plan. That's what I'm going with. His plan is higher. Amen. Amen? See, to rejoice means to be glad, to be joyful. It means to spin around under the influence of any violent emotion. (laughs) Ah! Do you realize David... When they lost the ark to the Philistines, and the Philistines put the ark in their temple, and their false idol kept bowing down to the temple, and then finally its head and hands were cut off. Because the ark was the presence of God. And so the Philistines said, we need to get rid of this ark. We can't keep it here. So they, they made an offering of the golden mice and the, and the golden... Uh, uh, cancer things or whatever, and they put it in a cart, right? And they they got rid of that ark. But David thought he had to do it the religious way, with the pomp and circumstance of man, okay? And they were bringing the ark on a cart. It was never, ever designed to be carried on a cart. The presence of God 
is the most valuable, priceless commodity that we cannot mistreat. And they were carrying this, the ark of God on a cart. It was designed to carry, be carried by the priests, the Kohathites. And the ark hit a bump. I mean, the cart hit a bump and the ark began to fall. So one of the guys reached out to touch it. He wasn't a priest. And if you mess with God's presence when you're not designed to do it, it'll cause a power surge. And when he reached out to, to stable the ark, he, was dro- he dropped dead. And so David was upset. But the Lord showed David that what he was doing was wrong. You know, when you do something wrong, it's going to affect other people. If you're not living right, it's affecting other people. Why don't you just live right? Make it right. Amen? So David said, okay, I'm done with the pomp and circumstance. I'm done with the religious attitude. I'm going to be free. Are you free tonight? Are you free to enjoy the presence of God tonight? Amen? So he began to carry the ark, like the Bible says, the priests, and he'd go a thousand feet and he'd make a sacrifice. He'd go another thousand feet. And then the spirit of God hit David. Woo! You know, when you do things right and you approach God with an attitude of worship and praise, things are going to change. And David began to jump up and spin around wildly. And, you know, when you're in a one-piece tunic and you're jumping up and around doing the splits, spinning around, some stuff are going to be exposed. But David didn't care. And he was jumping up and down, spinning around wildly, experiencing the joy of the Lord. See, when you do things right, you'll have joy. When you do things wrong, you won't. And there was David jumping up and spinning around Riley, showing all of his stuff to everybody who was there. But he was caught up in the moment. He didn't care what anybody thought. And then when it was all said and done, the ark got to its place. He went home. And his wife said, David, I can't believe you. The king doing what he did, showing himself. He said, And David said, oh, if you think that was undignified, I'm going to be more undignified than this. Let me tell you something. Don't listen to any criticism about how you worship God or how you express yourself to God. You just express yourself to God as being a free agent. And do whatever the Holy Spirit says for you to do. If he says jump, you jump. If he says shout, you shout. If he says laugh, you laugh. If he says run, you run. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. you got to be concerned about what he wants. It's the religious mentality that criticizes worship. You just express your joy to God for what he's done for you. You're not here to please people. If you're going to please people, that's a sin. Don't be a people pleaser, be a God pleaser. 
don't preach to please people. I don't even preach what I want to preach. God tells me what to preach. And I do what he says, even if I don't like it. I'm not saying I don't like this. But you know what I'm saying. I'm not here to please people. I'm here to edify the body. Amen? And the body needs to be filled with joy. Because there's too many things in this world that are trying to steal our joy. We got too many negative prophets out there of the world. We got too many prophets of Baal spitting up their stuff, changing their minds all the time. And you know what I'm talking about. They, they, I mean, uh, I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. So he, he put his trust in God. And when he put his trust in God, something happened in his heart. His heart began to rejoice. See, rejoicing is like a volcano. It starts on the inside. And first of all, the temperature gets turned up. Right? And then the water starts to bubble. Right? You ever watch that? It picks up speed. Until it's boiling. And if you leave it on the heat too long, it boils over. Amen? You need, we, need to, we need some boiling over saints tonight. This, this last service of VCF in 2021, amen, we need to cut loose tonight. We need to be free tonight. And we need to be full tonight. We need to yield to the Lord tonight. And we need to be comfortable in expressing our praise and thanksgiving to God. Let me just give you some reasons why we should rejoice. Psalm 31, verse 7. Psalm 31, verse 7. Do you love the Lord? He rejoices over you with joy. We don't serve a sad God, a depressed God, a down God. God never wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. He never has a bad hair day. Amen. Psalm 31 verse 7 says this. I will be glad and rejoice. Two levels right there. You gotta get glad, that's in your heart. Rejoicing is the outward expression of what's happening in your heart. I will be, say this, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. Alright, you don't have to say this, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. God, you know what God says when He considers your trouble? Oh, it, you're over that. When He considers your trouble, oh, that's done. That's never going to come up again. Amen. I've made you to overcome it. When God considers your trouble, that's what he considers. You got the victory over that. That's not going to hold you down. That's not going to keep you back. When God considers your trouble, that's what he says. So I will, I will be glad and rejoice. So I will be glad and rejoice. One more time. So I will be glad and rejoice. Hallelujah. That's like walking and chewing gum at the same time. Christians can do two things at the same time. 
when it comes to rejoicing. Amen? Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse 11. Psalm 32, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice in his righteousness. Is God righteous? I'm telling you, the righteous are blessed. Hallelujah. The righteous will not be moved. The righteous will not be shaken. Glory to God. Be, that's a command. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. In right, you righteous, shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Come on, we gotta shout for joy. Hallelujah! Let us shout out! Come on, shout for Jesus! Shout for the Lord! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Does that mean the joy's not gonna come until I shout? Maybe. Shouting might be the, the action you need to take to open up the door. Because faith is always in action. Well, I don't feel comfortable shouting. Get over it. (laughs) Who says you have to feel comfortable? That's your flesh talking. You got to let your spirit do the talking. Amen? Amen? Psalm 35. Psalm 35, verse 9. Psalm 35. Notice both of these, all these verses are talking about Being glad and rejoicing. Psalm 35, verse 9, it says, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. Say this with me. Say, soul, I command you to be joyful in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. There's no better reason to be joyful than the Lord. For what he's done, for who he is, for what he has, for what he's given us, for what he's called us to. Glory to God. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. That's all of his goodness, all of his grace, all of his wonderful working power. That's what salvation is. Psalm 89, Psalm 89, verse 16. Bingo! No, just kidding. Psalm 89, verse 16. Instead of bingo, we're playing joyful. Psalm 89, verse 16. In your name shall they rejoice all day. Woo! God is so good. It takes me all day just to let him know how good he is. Oh, I will rejoice all day. There's no time limit on how much you can rejoice. And in your righteousness shall they be exalted. Glory to God. Psalm 118. Psalm 118 verse 24. Psalm 118 verse 24. Do you know what Hannah did in the midst of opposition? I'm just going to take a little break. Hannah trusted in God. She was being persecuted and criticized and demoralized by her adversary who had children and Hannah had none, yet Hannah was the favorite of her husband. See, he was confused because he had two wives. What are you going to do with two wives? You're only supposed to have one. Amen? And uh, so Hannah 
put her trust in God. And she sang a song just like Mary did. And she said, I will rejoice in the Lord. You can read it, 2 Samuel, verse 1. It, it, it reflects her song. She began to rejoice in God. Why? In the midst of opposition, in the midst of an adversarial relationship, where she was being bombarded daily, she took all of that and she went to the Lord. And she went to the higher court. Amen? And she got her case. Oh my goodness, she got her case from the king himself. And the king himself responded from the priest. And, said, and Eli said, the, "What your prayer has been granted. Hallelujah. Your prayers are destined to be granted. Amen. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Say this day. The Lord made it. He made it for me. He designed it for me. The devil didn't design it. The devil didn't make it for you. Your trouble didn't make it for you. God made this day for you. And if God made this day for you, you can overcome any trouble that you've been experiencing today. Hallelujah. My goodness. Psalm 16, verse 9. Go to Psalm 16. I'm almost to the point where we're going to turn the faucet on. Amen. Some of you have already been out under the spout where the glory comes out. Some of you have been drinking already. We got some drinkers in here. Amen? It's good to drink in God. Amen? Because we only serve new wine here. And if, if, God, if we run out, God will make some more out of water. Hallelujah. Listen to Psalm 16. I'm going to read the whole psalm. But I want you to pay attention to verse 8. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Does that sound familiar? See, when you, if you want to be preserved, you gotta put your trust. Just like if you want cherry jam, you gotta put some cherries in the jam. Right? If you don't put cherries in the jam, you're just jammed up. (laughs) Hallelujah. But if you want something, if you want a particular flavor of jam, you gotta put that flavor in. Alright? Verse 2, O my soul, you have said unto the Lord, you are my Lord. Ha! My goodness extends uh, not to you. Hallelujah. The soul, his soul said, you are my Lord. Glory to God. He's your Adonai. He's your shepherd. But to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom it is all my delight, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after other gods. Listen, if your focus is not on God, it's on something else. And if your focus is on something else other than God, your sorrows are going to be multiplied. All right? God wants to multiply your joy, not your sorrows. And But you've got to shift your focus. All right? Verse 5, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. And he maintains my lot. Oh, my. He, he clears the lot. He keeps it clear of junk. He keeps it, keeps it free of things. He takes care of your lot. The line, verse 6, the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. God puts you in some pleasant places. See, I'm in pleasant places. 
Hallelujah. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Thank God for his advice. Our Father knows best. Bless the Lord for his advice. Amen. My reins also, or my mind also instruct me in the night seasons. Verse, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. That means you're always looking to him, you're always listening to him. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Other translations, I shall not be shaken. How many are ready not to be shaken? Amen? We're not going to be shaken by the junk that's in the world. We're not going to be shaken by the false misrepresentations of the truth. We're going to stick with the truth. Amen? And we're not going to be shaken. Our news isn't fake. It comes directly from the source of truth. All right? Verse 9. Therefore, see, when, when you shift your focus, then this happens. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Verse 10, for you will not leave my soul in hell. Hallelujah. Je- Jesus' soul wasn't left in hell. Amen. And don't you be calling what you're going through hell. This is not hell. Hell is far worse. And, and Jesus did everything that he could to prevent someone from going there. Neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. He's ready to show you. In your presence is what? Is what? Is what? Fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And guess what? Right now at this very moment, we're in his presence. Where there's not a little joy. There's a fullness of joy. And God is about to change your circumstance like you don't ever think he could ever change it. Amen. Fullness of joy. Fullness. You've been caught up in the net of fullness of joy. Too much joy. Overflowing joy. Joy that's uncontainable. Joy that you can't keep inside. Joy that you can't hide. Joy that is bursting to come out right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! You shifted your focus. You put your trust in Him. Your heart is rejoicing. You are glad. Hallelujah! Get excited about what God has done because you ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah! It's time to rejoice and be glad for He is here. He is working on your behalf. He is delivering you. He is filling you. He is setting you free. Hallelujah! He is calling you out of darkness. He is supplying your needs. Hallelujah. Begin to rejoice. Begin to shout. Begin to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to enter a new year full of the joy of the Lord. We're going to enter the new year without any stress. 
We're going to enter the new year like David charged and Goliath. We're going to enter the new year like Joshua marched around Jericho. We're going to enter the new year like Daniel prayed. Hallelujah. We're going to enter the new year like Lazarus came out of the tomb. We're going to enter the new year like Peter's net almost broke. He had too much fish, too much blessing, too much good stuff. Hallelujah. He could barely contain it, glory to God.